Today we discuss some perspectives from the pinnacle. Be sure to listen in to discover what that means on this edition of the Bellator Christie Podcast. Listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Starting off, uh, we're not here in Rocky Top, Tennessee, uh, but we are here in Mount Pilot, uh, otherwise known as Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, and uh, you're listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host, Brian Chilton. We want to remind you that the Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com. And we do encourage you to uh, uh, go check out the website uh, at bellatorchristie.com. Hope you'll subscribe if you haven't done so already. Uh, by doing so, you'll receive all the articles and links to these very podcasts uh, in your inbox as soon as they are published. Uh, we're also The podcast is also found on TuneIn, uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, as well as Google Play. I uh, hope you'll go to, to whatever app you may be listening uh, to this. I want you listening to this podcast and leave us a favorable review. Uh, so hopefully... Hopefully that other people can find the podcast as well. I, I, I lean in, Gwen um, uh, entered into this podcast with Rocky Top Tennessee. Uh, we're not in Rocky Top Tennessee, but uh, we are in uh, the um, Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina, fairly close to uh, the Gatlinburg area where that uh, song originated. And and I had a chance this morning uh, to do something that, that I, I haven't done in, in quite some time. I grew up here in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. I moved off. I've been, I've lived in several places here in North Carolina. Uh, and I haven't traveled very extensively outside the southeastern United States, but uh, I have been throughout all this state, quite frankly, and most of Tennessee, most of Virginia, most of the surrounding states. But uh, one of my favorite things to do is to go up on a local mountain called Pilot Mountain. It, it is actually it was actually uh, named first and foremost Jomioki. Uh, that was the official name given by the local Sara Sara S A U R A Sara Mount uh, Sara Indian tribe that lived in the area for th- for thousands of years, um, and they gave the, the name of the mountain. Uh, 
the title Jomioki, which means great guide. And so Pilot Mountain is actually taken from its older name, Jomioki, uh, which is, means it is a guide to individuals, uh, especially the early settlers, uh, American settlers. Uh, it, it served as a guide for them. And actually, uh, I was looking at a picture of the mountain taken from back in the 1800s, and it looks that the mountain has uh, changed dramatically over the uh, past 150 years or however long it was when that picture was taken. Uh, there's a picture of a cannon, and you see the mountain in the background, and, and there are actually two peaks. There's a, there's a larger peak called the Large Pinnacle, and uh, there's a smaller peak called the Small Pinnacle, uh, so if if you've never seen the mountain, you need need to look it up on the on the online, and and um, it's a very interesting mountain, and it's not a very large mountain by by any stretch of the imagination. It is um, it is only two thousand four hundred twenty one feet above sea level, uh, which is very small compared to other mountains in the state like Mount Mitchell, which is the largest uh, mountain on the eastern seaboard of the United States. Uh, Mount Mitchell is uh, like some 6,683 feet above sea level. The highest mountain in Virginia is Mount Rogers, which is 5,729 feet above sea level. Also, Sharp Top Mountain, which is close to Lynchburg, uh, 3,862 feet is where it stands. And then Grandfather Mountain, also in North Carolina, which is a popular destination. It is a very well, high for us. 5,946 mount, uh, 406 feet above sea level. But uh, comparing that to some of the mountains in the Rocky Mountains, I mean, that's small potatoes. I mean, if you consider, uh, what is it, uh, Denali, Mount Denali used to be Mount, um, uh, what was it, what was the name? Uh, I can't I can't think of this This is previous name but it's it's the uh, third most prominent and third most isolated peak on earth out after mount everest and uh i i think it is but it stands some twenty thousand three hundred ten feet which is the largest uh, mountain in uh, north america so having said that compared to denali obviously pilot mountain is minuscule compared to denali and and uh, small even compared to some of the larger mountains like um, like Mount Mitchell, as I was mentioning, and some of the others. But the thing that's very intriguing about Pilot Mountain, I think, is the fact that this mountain stands alone. Uh, it, stand, it stands alone, and uh, it's, it's surrounded by cities and towns and interstates. The, the thing that's unique about this mountain is not the size. The shape of it is very unique. It is very unique. But, but the fact is you can see several different cities, several different rivers, several different other mountain peaks, uh, several different communities, individuals driving up and down highways from a distance. Uh, it's, it's very unique in that fashion that you can see the world, or at least civilization, from this area, some of the larger mountains are, are surrounded by other mountain peaks, which, which are somewhat isolated from from um, from normal life. The thing that's unique about this mountain it is is it's surrounded by these local towns and communities, and so I'm sure there's some other mountains like that. But in this area, I don't know of any other that's like that where you can look down and see several different communities all around the mountain. Um, 
and it's very it's very interesting in that in that fashion. So anyhow, I went up there. I tra- traveled a uh, hiked a trail around uh, the mountain. There was a it's very warm today. They're calling for a heat wave uh, here in the area. It's supposed to be in the mid 90s with a heat index of um, somewhere close to 100, I think, by next week. So it's interesting as I was looking down upon uh, the, these different communities. You could see this haze. I could see this haze that was down uh, coming from the heat. Uh, surrounding the area, uh, but but the cool th- that's the cool thing about this mountain. You can see these different cities and different areas, and uh, it's even fun to even try to go out there and try to to spot different communities I- around. Um, if you're ever in the area, I highly encourage you to come. I think they have like half a million people come every year. So it's, it's, it's it definitely an interesting place to visit if you haven't done so already. But what I did today is, is, the, is there, weren't too many, there weren't too many people this morning uh, up on the mountain. And so I took my uh, phone with me, and I have an app that has uh, the program that I use, Logos Bible Software, which I highly recommend. Um, and on there I have a, a, a Bible that I use, and I have... Uh, the Book of Common Prayer, which has the devotions that I do, uh, reading from different scriptures. And so I took it up there and, and found a rock uh, off the trail and just sat there looking over the uh, looking over the community, surrounding communities, looking uh, down, you know, uh, or from up high looking down on civilization. And I, and I was reading it, and as I, I came across three passages of scriptures that I want to share with you. And that, there's another thing that happened I was wanting to share with you as well uh, due to a conversation I had had with a person with an atheist on um, Instagram that I'll tell you about. I think I'm bchilton77 on, on Instagram if you want to check me out. I'm there as well. I uh, don't do as much there as I do with the other um, apps that I have, social media, but uh, I do have that available if you're interested in following me and contacting me that way. But I came across four passages, of, or three passages of Scripture that really stood out to me in my devotions today that God, that God really spoke to me through these uh, th- these passages of scripture. And first I was uh, looking at Psalm 40, and, I, and I'm reading from the NIV today. Uh, I don't have my regular Bible with me, but I, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, um, in, um, it was interesting in verse 2, it says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my f- feet on a rock. Now I was sitting on a rock <laughs> while reading this. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. There were rocks surrounding the area where I was, so I was standing on a rock. I was sitting on a rock, and so and so as I was thinking about that, I was looking over across, uh, off the mountain, down upon the communities, and and I noticed how everything that normally looks large looked very small from on top of the mountain. Um, and and I saw some local ravens and and uh, hawks, you know, flying above, and I thought to myself, man, everything must really look small. From, from the perspective of one of those hawks and one of those ravens. Um, and the reality is, is a lot of our worries and concerns are the same way. They seem very big. They seem very big while we're going through the difficulty that we're facing. But if we were to, to look at it from a transcendent perspective, looking at it from transcendence, looking at it from a major perspective, then all those things that we face are small compared to the power and authority of God. God is far larger, far bigger than any problem we may face. So to God, you know, to the raven and to the hawk, you know, it, things must look even smaller to them than they do to us. 
even in walking around on a mountain. But imagine what they must look like from the perspective of God, who is far above all creation. You know, on a mountaintop, looking down at a community, things look small. But imagine if you were looking at the Earth from space, from the International Space Station. Things must look even smaller from there. Imagine if you were to go to the moon and look at the Earth from the moon. Things must look even smaller from that perspective. You know, considering it, looking at it from uh, perhaps outside the solar system, the man is going to look minuscule. Look at it from compared to the largest sun in the universe, smaller still, or even outside the universe, minuscule. I'm not trying to say that our problems aren't important, and I'm not trying to say that our problems aren't large for us, but I am saying that I think that a lot of things are a matter of perspective. No matter what you're going through today, if you look at it from a transcendent perspective, realizing that God is fully able to pull you out of the muck and mire, the mud, the mire, the slimy pit, and to set your feet on a sure foundation, that to me is very promising. If you believe in the existence of God and you believe in eternity, then that is very beneficial. And we also see that not only does this help us from looking at it in an eternal perspective, but also realizing that blessed is the one, verse 4, who, who trusts in the Lord. That means we depend upon the Lord. We know that He knows what's best. Who does not look to the proud who do, or to those who turn aside to false gods or to lies. But we, we find our establishment, we find our, our, our identity in, in the person whom God has made us to be. There's something special about that. And then I turn my, attentions to, uh, my attention to um, Colossians chapter 3. And I think there is a really important message in Colossians chapter 3. You, you know, I, I am uh, quite honestly to be, you know, listen, I, you know where I come from. If you've listened to this podcast any length of period of time, you, you, you'll know that uh, I come from a conservative perspective on a lot of things. Uh, maybe not on everything, but, but on a lot of things I come from a more conservative perspective on issues. But I, I am really... I am really distraught with the condition of our nation. And, and this isn't a Republican thing. This isn't a Democrat thing. This isn't an independent thing. This is an everybody thing. We don't know how to be civil anymore. And unfortunately, many of us Christians are in the same boat. I understand we get frustrated about things. We get irritated about things. And, and we want to see things change, we get worried, we get concerned. I get that. I understand that completely. But that doesn't mean that you have to lose your testimony in the, in the process. Colossians chapter 3, it says a lot of things. But one of the things that really stood out to me is that he says in, in the first part, it says that since you've been raised with Christ, set your things on or hearts on things above. And here again, as I was sitting on the mountain, I was thinking, well, I'm high above many other individuals here so even even more uh, in a greater perspective we need to set our mind on the things from god's perspective who's who's even higher than the mountain upon which i was sitting 
Christ set, uh, with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your perspective on the things that are transcendent. Set your perspective on the things that are divine. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life, you died to Christ and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Think about that. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You are surrounded in the presence of God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Get that. Listen to that. How powerful is that? When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with Him in glory. You will be resurrected with Him in glory. You will be with Him just as He is at the right hand of God. The church will be at the right hand of Christ. We will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, when we understand who we are in Christ, we understand where our attention should be. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Don't live for worldly things. What are these worldly things? Sexual immorality, okay, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the earth. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. We used to be like that, but we should have a new nature in Christ. In verse 8, But now you must also rid yourselves of all, of all such things, such as these. Anger. We need to lose the anger. Okay, Rage, malice, slander. This includes the comments we make on social media. Are, are our comments slanderous? It's a question we have to ask ourselves. And filthy language from our lips. From your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and you put on the new self which is, the, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of, of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, uh, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Okay, We find a new identity in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be about who's an American, who's not an American, who's who's an American or who's a who's Chinese, who's Iranian, who's Iraqi. Um, it, it's not none of that's going to matter. It doesn't matter if you belong to Israel or Saudi Arabia or France or England or Germany or Africa or wherever. Whether you talk in a, with a British accent or an Australian accent, mate, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you're a child of God. That's what really matters. So we need to, and no matter what side you are on the political spectrum, now I do believe that there are some issues that hold very moral, uh, more, that are very morally important. And uh, I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, be involved in politics. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be involved in these things. But what I am saying is that we need to be careful so that we do not lose our testimony. We must remember that first and foremost, before being an American, we are a child of the King Most High. We are a Christian. 
Which brings to mind another question. I mean, we get worried about a lot of things. We see a lot of things taking place. But in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 17, we see another powerful passage of Scripture where a Roman centurion who was not known for having faith in God comes to Jesus and talks about a servant in his own home. And he says to Jesus, Lord, I, you're not, I'm not worthy to have you come in my home. I'm just going to simply ask that you say the word and I know that my servant will be healed. He had so much faith in Jesus that he realized that Jesus could do something even from a distance, even from, from a long distance away, that Jesus could say the word and it would be done. Jesus was surprised by this. He says, I have not found this type of faith in all of Israel. He says, I, I, not even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Do we have the type of faith that this centurion had? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. Do we have that kind of faith? Or do we think that God is obligated to do something for us? Again, here's where having an eternal perspective comes into play. God has the power to do all things. But the question is, are we going to still love God even if we have to go through the fire, even if we have to go through trials and tribulations? Are we going to still love God? Are we going to still love God realizing and having this type of faith and knowing that He can do something great even if it is from afar? Do we have the type of faith that this centurion had? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. And I don't know, even you know, talking about myself, sometimes I wonder if I do have that type of faith, the type of faith that this Roman soldier had. Before we close the podcast today, I, I want to I want to mention one other thing, uh, one other thought that came to my mind uh, while up on the mountain. And it was a conversation that I had on Instagram uh, with with this lady who who will remain nameless. Um, it was she's an atheist individual, and uh, she she was accusing God uh, of, of saying God was immoral for sending people to hell. And I made the comment. And I said, "Well, it's a funny thing that, that that people who accuse God of of taking care of evil in hell will also say that God is unjust for not taking care of evil." Now, you know, and, and and she came across on a rant. She, she gave a rant which basically said the same thing <laughs> that I had said. You know, that she she was saying, you know, why doesn't God do something about this and that? And I says, well, he will do something about this and that. Ultimately, he's going to bring justice. And she says, well, why can't he do it now? Or why can't he eliminate Satan? And I says, well, he's going to in hell. Well, why can't he do it? You know, why can't he do it now? And I asked her the question: Do you value your freedom? Do you value your freedom to choose God or reject God? Do you value your freedom? Ultimately, love is only existent if it is free. If love is forced, it cannot be. It is not love. You have to have three things to have love. I've mentioned this before. You have to have a lover, the one giving the love, the, a beloved, the one receiving love, and a spirit of love between the two parties. If you don't have that, you don't have love. So, again, it seems to me, 
I, 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 I said this on the Instagram post, and I say it again. It seems like that with some atheists, not all, but some atheists, they have a God cannot win under any circumstance situation going on in their lives. If, if God doesn't do anything to stop evil, then he's accused of being evil. If God does something with evil and hell, then he's accused of being too harsh. So, so they, they make a no-win situation. No matter what God does, they're going to have a problem with it. And so, I don't say this at being accusatory or anything of the sort. I'm just simply saying that I think that this shows a greater issue in mind. It is not an intellectual problem. It is something else. Dr. Habermas and others have stated that 80% of doubt... Eight out of ten times, a person's doubt is going to come from emotion. It is going to be emotionally driven and not intellectually driven. Now, that's not to say that atheists don't have some intellectual problems that need to be worked through by, by Christians and by atheists alike. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just simply saying that, not, that eight out of ten times... A person's doubt is going to be emotionally driven. Something bad happened to them in life. God didn't answer a prayer or, or something was done to them and they're blaming God for it. Okay. Eight out of ten times, doubt is emotional. So when a person comes to the point where they say no matter what God does that he's wrong... They're not speaking out of a, they're not speaking out of a mindset of, of of logic and reason. They're speaking out of some type of hurt that has happened to them in life. And I think this um, shows three things about their life. Number one, they have a heart against God, a heart against God. And this has something to do with some emotional issue that that has happened in life, which brings us to another point. It shows some hurt they have in life. Thirdly, it also shows an irrational mindset, which is to say they're not thinking with logic and reasoning. They're thinking with their heart. And, you know, in a situation like that, I, I, I believe that we need, as Christians, need, need to be very careful to make sure that we show compassion to those individuals because they're really struggling with something in life. They're really hurting in some way. Or some capacity. And let's be honest, sometimes not all religious people are right in their relationship with God. And there have been a lot of Christians, there have been a lot of religious folks who have done and said some things that have been very harsh and have been, you can even say, somewhat evil. <laughs> Uh, you know, G you know, Jesus even had to call out Peter whenever Peter was speaking out of turn, and and uh, he he said, you know, get back, get behind me, Satan. You know, it came to a point in time that 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 Peter wasn't was was speaking on the behalf of Satan. I mean, it's interesting because on one on on in one breath he had just proclaimed that uh, Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the Living God, and that came from the Father. But then he fell back in his fleshly nature and says, you can't go to the cross. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Uh, you know. So, in one hand, Peter did something really good, and on another hand, he did something really bad. So, a lot of times, even the best of us as Christians, we get wrapped up emotionally involved in these conversations, and we fail to realize that there are hurting people on the other side of the screen that we may be talking with.
with whom we're speaking. So we need to have compassion in our apologetic approach, and that's something we need to remember. But I also want to just remind us all, including myself, primarily myself, that we all need to remember to not be so caught up in, in the issues of life that we fail to remember the transcendence of God. And that's, that's something I think that uh, God spoke to me during my brief time up on the mountain this morning. And so I hope that you've gotten a little bit of something out of it too. Well, this is Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. Join us next time as we step into the arena of ideas. God bless. been listening to the Bellator Christie podcast brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie podcast and bellatorchristie.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. <music>